just a little introduction to today's sermon, Eddie. It's a short one. It happened the day before the election was um, resolved yesterday, and it was today. And, and realizing we were sitting in a place that was very uncomfortable. So this may seem like a political presentation, but it's not. It's still about the journey of our hearts. And I I was sitting in a parking lot just right after getting the stitches out of my eye, and Fred was in there shopping, and I, I just felt the need to talk about how we can close the great divide in our nation. It's not necessarily going to be really easy. Um, Some people are just jumping for joy today, and others are as sad as some of us were four years ago. And that's still the same divide, and it, it's it's there. And you know what? Our job is just beginning. That those of us who are trying to be first responders and love and to be light to others, that job is ours always to everyone, no matter who you voted for. So take this small token of my discernment about a nation divided and learn how to do what you can from a place of love. Well, good afternoon. This is Friday, and I'm getting ready for a sermon Eddie on Sunday. To be perfectly honest, I had hoped to maybe not do a sermon Eddie this week, rather run a replay of something that means something to me from the past for two reasons. Number one, I just got my stitches out in my eye. I'm a little uncomfortable and I'm a little bit tired. And I thought that maybe this is the week that I might just take some respite time. And then the other reason was simply because the world is in turmoil right now. Well, the world is. But specifically our nation, and as we await some election results, there's so much anxiety on both sides of the aisle that it seemed that maybe nobody really needs a lecture or Anything other than some space. So I was going to allow for that space. And I, I think that's okay. Because, you know, no matter what happens, somebody's going to be disappointed. And it happens every time. But this time, this time I'm not so sure that we don't have an awful lot of work to do. Now, we thought this country was divided before. But I don't think we realized how divided it is. And what is it about the Great Divide? What is it? So, you know, Nettie. Nettie is also a spiritual director. And Nettie is a comedian. And, well, a life coach in some ways. And, you know, I don't know how to separate my real life sometimes with my Nettie life because Nettie is a part of a mission 
of my spiritual direction practice where I sit with others and help them learn more about themselves and how God might speak to them without judgment, without any rules for engagement or how they want to engage or without any rules about theology. Now that's a good thing. I was called into the ministry of healing and wholeness and my way of healing when I'm in a place I need healing is I go to my art, I go to music, and I go to humor. And of course, I always go to my faith and the source of my faith inside, in my heart, using the Bible, using others who are sages in the field of love. So, you know, we can quote the Bible all we want, but if you're not into listening to Bible scripture for whatever reason, then there's other ways of acting out the intentions of the New Testament, of Jesus's words, which were to be kind, love one another as I have loved you, do unto others as you have them do unto you, feed the hungry, clothe the poor, find homes for the homeless. You know, simple stuff, huh? <laughs> well, not so simple for some people. So here we are at a crossroads because it looks to me like part of the big divide is because we are looking so inward and in what we need and not what others need. I'm not sure when things changed, or maybe they didn't. Maybe I've always been, just been this, you know, person who just has a way of thinking positive and seeing somebody in need. And if I got what you need, I'm willing to share it. We were all taught that. I know we were. We at least were taught that in school. When did we become so cynical? When did we become so stingy? Why is it not okay to take care of one another? And that goes for me. If somebody doesn't understand my political leaning, my religious leaning, I need to understand why not. But there shouldn't be a huge divide over differences of, of intentions. If our intentions are to love one another, then what are we doing hating each other? That's where I am today. I don't know what the answer is. And I think my heartbreak throughout this election has been the unwillingness to just sit and be with one another in great debate about things we need to do to make our nation better. Why aren't we doing that? Why are we blaming people? Why we, what's going on? What is the great divide? Now, see, that's not something I'm going to be able to answer here, especially not in the few minutes that I dedicate my time to sermonettes. Today, I'm just going to be asking the questions. And you know what? Then it's going to be your job to sit in truth. And none of what's happening is just one person's fault or one side's fault. How about let's take some of the blame ourselves? And I know that's going to be hard for some people to swallow because, you know, if, if, if you feel like you're one of those nasty socialists, well, I don't really believe that there are nasty socialists. 
I believe that there's been a misunderstanding and maybe a blatant uh, form of disinformation about that. I see people wanting to help people. But you know what? I know enough people on the opposite side, the one that's calling others socialists. I've seen those people actually be good people and give away things they have. And it's like, do you not know that's exactly what we want to do? And is it maybe just because they don't want the government telling them they have to do it? Well, you know, that that goes back to playing on the playground. You don't want people to tell you what you have to do. You want your own free will. But legislation to help other people might raise our taxes. But you know what? The majority of the people in this nation, they could be helping other people. It doesn't hurt so much. What hurts is when really rich people don't mind lowering their taxes, but ignore the people who barely have enough to get by. You know, that's the great divide. And, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, if I am not walking in the shoes of someone else, then I'm not even in a position to try to understand them. So as hard as it is, I try to walk in the shoes of somebody else. And here's where it's a good place to start. Make a list of all the people who do not agree with you politically. Starting with the one you wish you could just write out of your life, even if it's your mother. Down to people, it doesn't matter so much. You know, I only have to see them at the bowling alley. No, what you do is you make a list. Then you list all the good things you know about them. Everything. And you list things that you have in common. That's what you do. So this week, Sermonetti isn't going to be a long Sermonetti, but just a list of homework for you to do. And I really want you to do it. Once you've made this list, if if you think there's too many people on the other side that you, you love, then just list the top five that you don't know if you can go on. And, you know, so think about this. If you are someone who gives everything you have away because you love people and you want to help people, then the people who don't want you to do any of that and call you a socialist, those are the people you list. If you are one of those people that just can't stand the socialists, but you see that they are willing to tax equally, to to make sure that the that taxes aren't raised for everybody, or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making this up. I don't really know. You got to figure this out yourself. Find out where you have similarities and beliefs. Where you have a, a kind of a common denominator in how you live your life, how you raise children, how you educate yourself, what, what you do. I mean, there's people in my church. They don't vote the way I do, and I love them to death. That's where you start because you can't be a part of the divide. Now, how do we set boundaries? If you are being harmed, if it's so hurtful and there's no way these people are going to listen to you or pay attention because you know you you little lusty or you little righty, then maybe you you set up some boundaries. And maybe you walk away for a while. Still send the birthday card. Let the person know that deep down you love them. 
but set boundaries because you don't have to keep in a place where you're always hurt by someone. That's where we start. Do that. Because, you know, it isn't the end of the world right now. It's just there's division. And, you know, just like an open wound, it can be stitched up. And it might take time to heal, but it will heal. And then it'll leave a scar. And scars are not a bad thing. They may not look good, but a scar reminds you that you had something wrong and now you are healed. Learn from the scars. Learn from the wounds. Understand that you overcome wounds by being a person of love and going forward with light. And if you can't project that light on some of these people that are just annoying you and making you sad, just project it anyway. Sooner or later, your heart will warm. And by distancing yourself or by being bound by certain boundaries while you heal, the other people will notice that. And most likely, like you, do not really want that divide. When you put it into perspective of dealing with people you love so much, who differ so much in opinion, there's always a way to be. You don't have to talk about politics. But if you've been wounded so badly that you could hardly be in the same room with them, then you have to heal within, find someone to talk to, understand that certain people do not have to be in your life for you to be a good person and to go forward. Whatever decision you make, make it out of love, whether it's a soft-hearted, kind, generous love or a tough love that comes from understanding that being firm in our boundaries to only include love in our life might mean telling others they need to get things together in order to be friends. That's not a bad thing. Then it becomes their choice and not yours. The desire is always to make peace with one another. But where you cannot be friends, you can live in peace by keeping your boundaries and keeping fresh in your heart that your, your ultimate desire is to be in a place of kindness and love and hope against hope. That these people might see your light. Okay, that's going to be it for now. Be a first responder in love. Be the light, whether it's a loving light or a tough love light. It's still the light. Be the light to others. And always remember, Nettie loves you so. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Sermonettes with Nettie Fitzsimpitley from Moments with Nettie. You can find her video blogs on YouTube at Moments with Nettie 
Also on Facebook at Moments with Nettie, Twitter, Instagram, and at her website, www.momentswithnettie.com. If this or any other podcast touches you, please make sure you share with someone you love. Bye-bye.